Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joined by the one, the only Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr. And Darren, I had written this show. I had my rundown. I had just sent it to you. And the very next thing that shows up on my phone is earth-shattering news in the world of college football. Nick Saban has retired. The se- I didn't realize he was 72. I knew he was old, but I didn't realize he was 72. Mm-hmm. So here's here's my question. How cataclysmic is this for the sport of college football? Uh, insane. Um, I, I want to say I didn't expect it, but I, I, I might have said it out loud or said it to myself. I don't recall, but I will, I've been, I had been thinking that if he was, if they won a title this year, he was, he, he was calling it quits. He was retiring, going out on the high. Like I, I just for some reason felt like that was the way it was going to go. But the caveat being, he was going to go out with a natty. So I certainly didn't sit here thinking that, uh, you know, two days after the national championship uh, commit, uh, 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 ends, that he would be announcing retirement. It's the the absolute like the collective IQ of the NCAA has dropped significantly with this man no longer being in it. And that's not to say that they're stupid. That's just saying that this man is an absolute genius. The a master of all things college football. Uh, and it will be extremely odd not seeing him on a sideline. Oh, yeah, it will be. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's just like... Alabama went from appointment viewing to because I like Saban to... Eh, and just in, in one moment, mm-hmm. it went from... Yeah, I may or may not watch them. And I truly am like, I, I don't, I don't care, right? Like, it's not, it is what it is. Yeah. But it, it, you're right. It's, it's such, I, I kind of thought he was getting towards the end. If for no other reason than my God, the man is 72 years old and look what the sport requires of its coaches now. Mm-hmm. But, I did not think it would be this year because I felt like he – I felt like being able to coach – that he really loved this team that he had this year. Mm-hmm. He got an immense amount of joy out of coaching that from everything I've heard. It, it really felt like, okay, they came within one play of playing for a national championship. They're going to reload and go again. And I, I kind of felt like he's going to go out when he wins the next one because it's inconceivable – for Nick Saban to go four or five years without winning a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, three is the longest he's ever gone. Yeah. And that's this year. Yeah, exactly. This was, if I, the things that I saw, it said that this was the, would be the first graduating class of seniors that he's ever had that doesn't, don't leave with a natty. And I, and I had to sit down and think, I was like, wait a second, is that, is that right? I don't think. I don't know if that that checks out, and I didn't go and verify it. But I recall seeing it. I saw something I before. Like, oh. I saw something before we came on that said no class he's ever recruited has left without a national championship. But um, so I guess the twenty twenty class got theirs, and then hasn't won one since. Yeah. So I guess the twenty twenty one class would be the first class that under Nick Saban anyway 
mm-hmm. doesn't win a national championship. Yeah, that, that might have been the context, and that might have been why I was questioning it. Because I was like, which, what is he talking But, yeah, I think that, that sounds, that sounds uh, uh, more on the money. But either, what, either way, it's insane. Yeah, and what's even more insane is that this man generated more first-round NFL picks than he did losses at that school. Think about it. he was more four first round picks. And how many games did he lose? Twenty nine. He was more likely to produce a first round draft pick than he was to lose a game. Mm-hmm. That's wild. So I mean, there will never be another person like the. You will not see a dynasty like Alabama ever again. You just won't. Just like you won't see the Patriots dynasty ever again. Mm-hmm. In, in Brady leaving and ending the Patriots dynasty and maybe a bill going out the door, and we'll get to that in a little bit later, and to, to save it, the, the, world, the, the football world in which we grew up is no longer existent, and that's depressing. But it also should give you a good reason to look back and go, we got to witness two simultaneous dynasties in an era where it's supposed to be the hardest to achieve that. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Sustained success is hard. I don't care what anyone says. And for Nick Saban to have done it the way he did, he did it at Michigan State, did it at LSU, and did it at Alabama. And if the Dolphins' physician signs off on Drew Brees, he beats, he probably ends a Patriots dynasty about 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Pat Macker said, he done good for a, kid, for a kid from West Virginia. Yep. That. And that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's here's the question. Not, and I, I'm not asking you to name names or anything, mm. but who the hell do you go get after? <laughs> if you're Alabama, what the hell do you do now? Because you, it's going to be a downgrade regardless, right? Yeah. There's, there's there's no there is no position when you in which you hire someone and expect to be as successful as you will, uh, uh, even next year. Like you'll have a whole hell of a lot of the players that he, you know, <laughs> recruited abroad, um, obviously. But transfer portal. Well, yeah, but the the point being is you're <laughs> still gonna have a majority of savings the people. Like, I, I still feel like you're gonna have a good bit of them. Um, but the point, nevertheless, that is a, a obvious a point. Um, and but, but you, like. I, I can't imagine anyone in that in that uh, administration at the university is going to sit down and go, we have to find the next Saban because, well, they're going to fail and they will be sorely disappointed. And I would hope that the person coming in doesn't expect themselves to replicate it, right? Like, come in obviously intending to honor what he has left, but understand that you're likely not going to replicate it. And everyone in that university needs to accept that. Uh, because that's just simple as that. You're not going to replicate it. Yeah, I mean, it, you're right. I just... And, and let's also tackle this, too. What, who wants that job? 
yes, it is Alabama. Yes, it is an SEC job, but you're following the greatest coach this sport has ever known. What did they always say? Don't be the guy who follows the guy. Be the guy who follows the guy that followed the guy. <laughs> and there's a reason that's true. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be what Saban was. You never will be. And, like, I don't know. It just It's a job that everyone should want, but I wouldn't be surprised if Bama has to go a few names down their list before they start founding people who are actually interested in the job. Yeah. And more importantly, I hope the AD had a list. Like most co- most ADs keep a, a list in their desk drawer of, of head coaches. I can't imagine the football list has been generated in a while. That might that list <laughs> might still include Rich Rodriguez. It, it, it's possible. <laughs> <sighs> Let's go from one coach that did leave to another coach that might still leave. Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan Wolverines, won the national championship. We'll get to the head coach in a minute. But what does this national championship mean for Michigan and the sport as a whole? Um, I mean, for the sport as a whole, in general, it. while I hate that it's Michigan, I'll just be up front with that. I hate that it's Michigan. It's refreshing to see it, different faces, right, represent the sport in the title game. Uh, for not just different faces, but faces who haven't seen a national title in nearly 30 years or ever. So it, it was refreshing to see. Um, but what I, the, the reason why I'm, I, I just hate that it's Michigan is simply because all of the scandals they went through to get there, and that's not attacking the players, right? That's on the coaches who have been implicated. Um, now, I mean, I guess it might be partially on J.J. McCarthy for outright admitting that, yes, shit, we did at the end. Um, but the, the fact that a, a team mired with all of these scandals can go through it and and it'd just be fine. Like, it, it, it irks me. Um, but I will also cl- will relish, uh, relinquish the fact that, I guess in the grand scheme of things, they were probably the most mild of scandals you could have uh, uh, <laughs> you could have committed. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, the, the rules are the rules. Uh, follow them. Uh, buying a cheeseburger or what, what, something like that, uh, and you know, doing what probably everybody else in the damn sport does, uh, just not doing it as well, I guess. If you got caught, yeah. um, so it, 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 I say that fully understanding the weight behind the actual accusations of what actually occurred, um, and, uh, so it's it's bittersweet in the we got someone new, but here's how they allegedly got there. Uh, but I think it also points just to in general the quality of players that a lot of these schools are getting and the quality of coaching that a lot of these schools are getting, where you know we can have much more of these types of, of events with more teams starting to squeeze in there that 
hadn't gotten there before or hadn't been there in a while, at least, at least since the CFP. I mean, the CFP has basically been Bama, Clemson, and Georgia. Uh, so I, I, I hope that, it, that, that, especially with the introduction of the expanded playoffs, that we, we get to see more of that. Because as much as I appreciate a dominant team, a, a coach and a, t- and a university that just can't stay out of the national title conversation, um, it, it is refreshing to see more schools be able to compete against that and, and push their way in. I don't disagree with anything you said, but I'll take a different point of view of this. And it is whether you agree with how they did it. I'm talking about the scandals. Michigan being good and winning a national championship is good for college football. Michigan is one of those programs that if if they're good, the sport is better for it. So say what you will about the state of college football, NIL, and the portal, but we've got another, another blue blood in the sport that had been down for nearly 30 years since Tom Brady left. And now look at them. They're back. Michigan is back. That's something we all should love as college as college football fans. But I will also give a little bit of credit. Well, not a little bit of credit, but I'll give a little bit of a shout out to this feels like a, a mission accomplished sort of deal right for Michigan. Mm-hmm. The disappointment of being in the playoffs the last two years, they got they got their ass beat by Georgia, and then they lost that. Close one to TCU. Felt like this team was team on a mission. They accomplished that mission. Whether you want to chastise how they did it or you just want to say, you know what, boys, good job. They mm-hmm. still did it. And, again, it, it, it speaks to the quality of coaching that Jim Harbaugh missed half the regular season. Yeah. And they didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And absolutely. That's, that says something there. And for a team, especially in this era of college football, where so many teams it feels like are just a group of individuals who happen to be wearing the same uniform, that felt like a real team. Felt like a team that had each other's back, wasn't going to take no for an answer, and was mm-hmm. going to kick ass and take names along the way. Mm-hmm. And that is that is refreshing to see in this sport, something that we would be used to seeing in our younger days, but sadly has kind of become not as common. I agree. Like not once did I hear anyone talk about Michigan's NIL or mm-hmm. Michigan's transfer portal. Not once did I, I remember hearing that. It was always here and now. And that's so uncommon in this sport. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, what I also say is that, you know, they they did some damn good players. Yeah, uh, Blake Quorum, absolute monster. That defense was locked down. I think what it was that they averaged like less than ten points a game. Yeah, something like that. It was wild. I mean, ridiculous. Um, and they they caused problems for one of the better quarterbacks at avoiding those problems. Um, so just it, my, wild. Uh, that's all he said, and props to him. So let's revisit a topic we've kind of touched on here on the program a few times, and that is Jim Harbaugh. Whether or not he should or shouldn't leave this university after this season, 
has been the subject of debate for the last few weeks. So now we have the conclusion of the season. Michigan is cha- our champions, and they are going and they're out on top. So here's the question. Should Harbaugh bail now that he has accomplished his goal and his mission of delivering a championship to his alma mater? I, I think it's hard to say, like, he should or shouldn't, like, as if he's, like, obligated to leave, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, like, like you said, that when he, when he left uh, San Francisco for Michigan, that was the goal. Um, and what was it? It was, what, nine, ten years? Something like that, yeah, it's been a while. So he had, he had... For his first six years, it looked like, man, this guy's never getting there. Yeah, right before they right before they went on this run, everyone was trying to run him out of Ann Arbor. Yeah, it was you had to beat Ohio State. You could barely handle anything in the big in the Big Ten. Uh, you had one bowl victory, I think, in that entire span. Like I think obviously they were making bowl games, but they had one bowl victory, uh, and then all of a sudden, three straight three straight Big Ten titles. Three straight victories over Ohio State, uh, and obviously multiple uh, college football playoff appearances, and then you end it with a title. Um, that it, that is, I mean, really the definition of you know building a program. Yeah, it, because it's not going to happen overnight. It's not. It's almost never going to happen in three years especially in college. Um, and, you know, damn if he didn't build it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it, it almost feels, it, it almost feels wrong in a way to to come in, build, a, give all of that, you know, all of that hope and stuff to look forward to, to you know, end it with the goal, of course. And then, immediately leave after you've given it to them. And, and it, it, like, I'm not saying it's wrong, but it fe- something just doesn't feel right. About That's fair. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if he, if, if that was always in his mind or, you know, even if he made it a clear to whoever he was there with, which is, a, would be a weird thing to do, but let's entertain the option of going, Hey, I'm here till I get you a title. Then after that, we'll see, right? If that was always in his mind, that was always a goal of just, that was it, a title. And then if the NFL comes calling, I'm back. Uh, especially now that he's hired an NFL, like an agent who has ties to the NFL and has apparently still yet to sign his contract extension. Um, that bores him from even entertaining the NFL at least next year. Um you know, it's it does still scream that he, it's probably going to happen. Uh, but whether it, like, I guess is right or wrong is, I guess it's hard to say, but it just, something about it doesn't feel right. It almost feels like, hey, let's run it back. Um, eh. Yeah. I'd at least want to run it back or try to, I guess, before I made my jump, but that's just me. That that's personally on that that's a me personally thing. I get it. I do. And here's, I guess I'm I'm not to judge whether he should or shouldn't. That's not my, it's not my role to tell a man how to live his life. Mm-hmm. But 
I will say this. I hope he doesn't because I really – Jim Harbaugh is nuts, but he's fun. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that personality. <laughs> I don't want to lose – because here's the thing. It felt like in San Francisco, you never saw the personality. You never saw how crazy he actually was. Then he goes to Michigan and you actually get to see his personality and you're like, this dude's nuts, but he wins. <laughs> yeah. I, I I like having that in this sport. And I don't want him to go to the mm-hmm. Chargers where, you know, yeah, he's got Herbert and he's got a bunch of guys who want to get paid. And it's like, oh, you've get like you, some of that gets filed off. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want fun. I want Harbaugh giving insane quotes that get run all over ESPN. <laughs> I want that. So I hope he doesn't. And I'm not even here for the running back. I just don't want him to, to leave. The sport is already losing nothing. Saban, don't take Saban and Harbaugh in the same in the same offseason cycle. Yeah. No, I, I can't disagree there. And I'll also say that I I I am it's nice to hear a coach who's in this position, right? Come out and just straight up say, if we're gonna if we're gonna be paying players and they're gonna be compensated for various things. Um, you know, why don't we just spread the wealth? Why don't we just make sure all of them can pretty much? Why, like, knock your administrator, knock all the big wings, knock my things like that, you know, and just outright say that immediately after winning the national title. He'll just on his conference immediately after he's going, spread the wealth. It's possible. We can do it. That's, like it's nice to heal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll continue our uh, ch- uh, our theme of this uh, episode, which is coaching news, leaving people. Bill Belichick is still the head coach of the New England Patriots. So before we get into the what could happen, let's talk about what we thought would be his last game, and I guess still technically could be. But let's talk about the end of the Patriots season and just going, but like. And the fact that he is still the head coach of the Patriots as we record. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that because there's a good chance at the time this gets cuts up, we could have news on this front. Yeah, It's true. happened to us before. When Remember when uh, Gronk retired and we already recorded that episode? We had to come back the next week and cover it? It's happened before. Yeah. <laughs> the Patriots. It's happened before. So, they lost to the Jets. Streak is over. Season sucked. Do we even want to go to there? Or we just want to talk about the the head coach. Uh, I'm gonna leave it mean, up to you. Uh, yeah, you pretty much said it. The season sucks. About the only positive about the damn thing was the defense managed to give the team every opportunity possible to win games. And that's I mean that's about all there is. He said we pretty much said everything else up to that point. Um, so yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the head coach. How important? How notable is it? That as we record this at 7.29 p.m. on Wednesday, January 10th, 2021, 2024, listen to me, 2024, <laughs> that Bill Belichick is still the head coach of the New England Patriots. Uh, I, a little bit. I, honestly, I'm just sitting here, I, I was just sitting here fully expecting Monday he'd be, he'd be in the Black, the black Monday uh, casualties. Um, and 
I, I believe that he isn't honest, like on fully one hundred percent honestly. That at this point he isn't. <laughs> um, and the thought came to me that what I, I I think we had also discussed this exact you know possibility before of you've got your quarterbacks that'll or at least one quarterback with both of them maybe I think. But Zappy and Jones, right, are both on their last year of the contract? Yeah, they both on the books of the same year. And uh, you've got that. You've got a bunch of other, you know, names that are probably on their last years of their contracts um, that were signed. Some of them that, you know, we'd like to have back. But uh, even for next year, that might be – I don't remember who's on the – who's heading the free agency this year. But point is um, – and it, it all kind of points to go one more year and if things don't work out, then the you can get new quarterbacks, you can get new everybody else, you can get new coach. That's like we're actually rebuilding now, right? But it just wouldn't feel like really like a rebuild if – you file or you know file Belichick, and then you've got everybody else in place that he did. And who knows? They might be cut, you know, by next season anyway. If a new head coach was installed you know, two weeks from now, or you know, whatever. Um, but I, I think it almost feels like the best moment for a split is next season. To be, and, and to be fair, I, I agree with you. Belichick did kind of say that he was open to relinquishing the GM duties. And if that's the case and he wants to stay on as head coach, feel free. Like, I, I am more than fine with getting, you know, let's say three or four more years of Bill as the head coach and then having a GM who would then have a succession plan in place. Like, okay, let's run it. And, and not only that, but I, I just thought about this. Literally just now thought about it. Robert Kraft is not getting any younger, right? Mm-hmm. Jonathan Kraft is, is a big role in this organization, but let's face it, it's still Robert Kraft's team. For years, the hierarchy has been Kraft and Bill, two gentlemen who are not getting any younger. Bill is now the oldest head coach in the league at 71. D- do you want to hire a young kid in the GM to maybe go, okay, you can run it by Mr. Kraft, you can run it by Jonathan Kraft, but it's your, it's your and Bill's football team. Then you go, okay, when Bill leaves, we now have succession plan. Uh, it allows yourself to a more suitable succession plan as opposed to having Kraft do everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. Also, notable uh, free agents for the Patriots this year. Uh, Hunter Henry, Trent Brown, Kendrick mm-hmm. Bourne. Mike Gesicki, Ezekiel Elliott, and Matt Slater. Forget that. He's not coming back. He's retiring. Miles Bryant, Jalen Mills, Kyle Duggar, Mac Wilson, Josh Uche, James Ference, Anfrey Jennings, uh, Jalen Rager, Michael Lonwenu, and uh, uh, Tyron Wheatley Jr. So at least half of those are like, damn, I want them back. Yeah. Uh, that's not uh, all. That's the, that's the most yeah. notable. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
I mean, Henry, uh, Henry and Gasecki, I would like to have back at least Henry, but you know, I, I, I like Gasecki too. Um, uh, Zeke, I actually would probably give a give another year. Um, and then, like I said before, uh, pick up some running back depth in the draft or in the off season, but something to you know add to that group. Um, you like Matt Slater, hundred percent retiring. You don't do the sh- I don't want the shenanigans. You don't do the display that you did uh, before the game, uh, thinking he's coming back. No. You knew damn well coming onto that field, it was his last game. He knew damn well. Everyone else knew damn well coming onto that field. That's his last game as a New England Patriot. In, oh, not just as a New England Patriot, as an NFL player. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, I, I want I want some of those guys back. <laughs> At least half of them. I mean, Anthony Jennings would be nice. Uh, Unwenu. That'd be nice too. <laughs> um, Rago, I, I think I, 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 I would. I would it, give him a I, chance. Yeah, I'd be fine with it, but I don't. I don't think I'd cry if, he, if he, they didn't. But um, I mean, he obviously does have that the, the skill set there. We and we did see it um, in in points. Um, so I'm just hoping that the, the other guys who were signed that didn't really make, have much of an impact. And I would really like, obviously I would also really like Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, from what I understood, uh, has made his, made it clear that he would love to be back. Um, so hopefully something is, something is done in that regard. Uh, one thing I don't think is going to happen is Trent Brown. He's not coming back. They're not, if you've seen the things he's supposed to have been saying, Oh no! Yeah, he's he's done. He's, he's like, like there's he's, no incentive to play for the yeah. Patriots. You can't say that and come back and not do it. Yeah, like none of them would want you back, even if for some reason you decided last minute I want back. Like you, you've got no more chance here. Like bye. Um, whether whether it's true or not, get out of here. You just don't say it um, and expect to be back. So bye. Good wins. Good luck wherever you go. Don't care. Whatever. <laughs> Worth noting, if you lose Trent Brown, you lose uh, about uh, you lose six and a half million dollars for a thirty-one-year-old guy, mm-hmm. and four million in guaranteed cash on his last contract. So, mm-hmm. I can think of a lot more. I can think of a lot better ways to spend six and a half million dollars. Yeah. All right, let's 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 move on here to a uh, to a topic I'm fairly convinced you're going to love talking about, and I think you know where I'm going with this. There were reports and there were rumors that if Bill Belichick is retained as Patriots head coach, that there would be the possibility of one Josh McDaniels entering the program once again as an offensive coordinator. Basically, we're going to try this again. I know what your thoughts are on this, but I want you to say it for everyone to hear. (laughs) Because by <laughs> God, you make it sound so entertaining. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want him back. Um, I, I, he's obviously a brilliant offensive coordinator, but the, the whole like he's left twice already. He damn near left 
technically three times I damn near left the, a third time if he would have of course who was to say the the Vegas option would have never occurred had he left actually left for Indianapolis. The point is there were two instances that he actually left and one instance where he damn near left and then pulled it back. Um, oh and the the two years since he's left have well I guess in a way kind of supported why he, it would have been nice if he never left. Um, but to to come back effectively three years after you leave, when this offense has already gone through multiple identity changes, and then to come back in as if everything's all, all good and try to reestablish that. Uh, also one, let's just say how disrespectful that would be to Bill O'Brien. Uh, especially if it's a case where O'Brien hadn't even got to run the offense the way he wanted. So, uh, but also we know damn well that should he come back, someone's going to be stupid enough to try to take him, assuming that, oh, he did well, uh, you get one good year, and then they pull him. They interview him. He takes another damn job because head coach, and we're in the same exact scenario. So, no, I just it it is quite literally the textbook definition of insanity. Don't do it. Don't entertain it. Just be done with him. Uh, Cut all I... ties. Establish new a new a new system, and be done with it. I agree that Bill o, Billy should be given another chance. Like I, I really do. I, especially if, if you believe what's out there that, that he was not given the chance to run the offense the way he wanted. I, I and I'm I, I've said this on this show many a times. It's why I campaign for keeping Bill. Don't change a freaking thing. You can't. If I'm going to say that, I can't say, "Oh, go get Josh." I, I just can't. But I will disagree with you to that to the point of I don't think he'll get a third chance. And I say that knowing how truly incompetent some owners are. And, and, and this this week has proven that. But you don't survive two in-season firings and get a third chance, right? It's not just that he's been fired twice. He hasn't even made it through the second season mm-hmm. of any of these jobs. I, I, that That alone should be... Red flag, don't even go anywhere near him. He's now a career coordinator. And to be fair, being a career offensive coordinator is not a bad way to go. Yeah. But yes, I, I do I, I do think that that Bill should be given what Belichick, Belichick and O'Brien. Like let's just run it back to the Bills. And then it, and then if it doesn't work out, then we'll sever everything and start the rebuild next year. Mm-hmm. That's the most logical thing for me to do, uh, for us to do. All right. Speaking of us, let's talk about coaches who were fired this week. Uh, because, as we all know, Black Monday, the day after the NFL season ends, is pretty much when a lot of coaches get fired. That's why they call it Black Monday. And it is the de- it should be called Pink Monday, but let's just we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh. The first one, and, and, and I really mean the first guy, they waited until like 12.02 a.m. Mm-hmm. when they announced this. Arthur Smith, fired from the Falcons. What we're going to do is we're going to go through all these coach, coaches 
uh, leaving their programs. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to see like, whether we agree with it, what we think about it, stuff like that. So let's start in Atlanta. Arthur Smith, I'll give you his record. I'm reading this from the AP. He was, in his tenure in Atlanta, 21-30 and 30 in three seasons with no playoff wins. But, and that is unremarkable, but this is what gets me. Arthur Blank said that he went back and forth on firing him or keeping him, and he leaned toward keeping him as early as Sunday, and then they got blown out with the Saints. And then, but it's like you leaning because you liked the you liked the guy. Mm-hmm. I would really love to know his explanation as to what changed, and I hope to God it wasn't losing that game in that manner to New Orleans. I really hope that's not what did him in. I don't think he should have been fired. I know that Falcons fans will disagree with me, but I don't care. But just like, I think this is unjustified. I really do. I truly do not. And I, I'll call Arthur Blank a liar. Because if you're going to say, oh, you know, or if you're going to let reports come out and not refute them when they come out, that you were back and forth on it, you don't fire the guy at 12.02 a.m. the second it turns into Black Monday. Mm-hmm. You think about it and you let it happen like now, like the Seahawks did with Pete Carroll. Yeah, You don't do that then. To me, this says he made up his mind like weeks ago and was just waiting, and that's wrong. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I – He's, he said he was what, 21 and 30, right? Yeah. And he's only been, it's only been 20, yeah, 2021 was, was when he was hired. So you haven't really had time to, to get anything established. And they've kind of, he's went, how many quarterbacks did he go through? Four? Four or five. Matt Ryan at the tail end of him, of his, and then, Desmond Riddle, and Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke, and then Marcus and, Mariota. Yeah, that's right. He did have Mariota for for uh, for a season. Um, so it, it, it didn't really. There really wasn't enough time to establish anything, and it's not like you know twenty one and thirty is is it sounds bad, but it's not really that bad. Especially uh, in you know the first three. This is his the first time ever. He was a first time head coach, correct? Yeah. So you know, all things considered, that's that's fairly respectable, especially given the revolving door of quarterbacks you you have to deal with for one reason or another. So I feel like I I I don't disagree that I I, I think they 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 kind of. You know, screwed him over on that one. I know people will say, well, look at how they wasted Kyle Pitts and how they're in the process of wasting Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, no, I'm tired of people defending players and only defending players. I'm tired of that. At a certain point, we have to look at players and go, you're just not playing well. And now, granted, you can say, oh, you know, usage, you didn't use them a lot. Again, but here's the thing as a court, as a coach, you cannot tell your quarterback to uh, – you can't be out there on the field going, throw it to Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. only throw it to – you can't do that. You can have a play drawn up for him, but if it's well covered or if it's just whatever, you can't make him throw it there. Just like you can't – if especially if you're going to run – I'm not saying the Falcons ran a run-pass option offense, but if you're talking about a run-pass, an RPO offense, you got a guy like Bijan Robinson back there, guess what? 
you can't always go, well, you're going to hand the ball off to Bijan, okay? You're not going to – there's going to be a wide-open guy in the seam. You're going to be handing it off, okay, buddy? You can't mm-hmm. do that. Like, I'm so, what do you expect? There's plenty of players that have taken – have had a good rookie year and then have taken a few steps back and come back very well. It's happened before. Arthur Smith should not have been fired, and I will stand by that. I lost – I didn't have a whole lot of respect for Arthur Smith anyway, but I don't have a whole – I don't have – I have no respect for him now. Not that he gives a shit, but I don't. <laughs> Ron Rivera is out as the head coach of the Washington Commanders in the one move that everyone saw coming. In his four seasons with the team, he was 26-40-1 with a total of zero playoff wins. This feels like just the kind of situation that the new owners were going to come in and they were going to change anything and everything. It didn't matter if they won 17 and 0, he was going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I, I hate it for Rivera. I think he's a I, I think he is a true professional and I hope he gets another shot. I really do. I don't know that he will, but I hope he does. I know people are going to be I know people are gonna be like, well, the team sucked under his stewardship, doesn't matter what, but the, the, he was never given a true chance to succeed. And I in many ways hate that Josh Harris and the ownership group came in there and were like, yep. We're, we're changing and didn't ever give him a chance. If mm-hmm. it was me, Brian, he might have been like, Ron, you're safe, and we're going to build together. But I, I guess mm-hmm. the argument is that he was 26, 40, and 1, and he was a Dan Snyder hire, and for that reason alone, he is not my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I don't agree with it, but I guess I understand it. I still think it's wrong, though. I, I think – a couple a couple things that they do come into, into play. Now, we obviously won't be privy to, at least until someone decides to leak things, and as they do, um, uh, like the the relationship between the two or uh, anything. But I, I think given new ownership, there, there might very well have been an understanding of, hey, if things don't go the way they, you know, they need to at least show us something, then, you know, this is a, effectively a trial year for you and be done with it. Kind of like what we said with what when Baker should do with Neil Brown. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, the, they, they definitely didn't perform, I, I tell you that. But um, it's being for, I think being four years and, you know, being a coach as experienced as him I think it kind of leans towards it, but I, I also, I also don't disagree with the, you know, hey, let's build this, you know, together thing. But they're also very well, for all we know, could have been maybe some just personal, straight up personality differences between them. Where if they just decided it was much easier to not have to, you know, to deal with those and you know bring in somebody you want, uh, or it could have just been as shallow as, all right, I got my year. This is a guy Dan Snyder hired. I don't want it. Um, I get a feeling it was a mixture of that and this year. Like, if they had gone 17 and 0, he would have kept his job. Like, I feel like if they had made the, like, if they had won the NFC East, they probably were like, okay, all right, that, that, that's, that's good enough for me. But I think it was a mixture of Snyder hired him and I don't want anything to do with that. And you went 4 and 13 in an audition year. Get out of my, get out of my team. Yeah. Ownership shouldn't wield that much power. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Now, now, like, like I said, that was one where it went, okay, everyone kind of knew this was coming. No one saw this coming. Mike Vrabel, out as the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, after six seasons, a 54-45 and record, two wins in the playoffs, and they played in the, NFC, in the AFC Championship game two years ago. And yet they're out. Or three years ago, sorry. Mm-hmm. What the hell is what? What the hell happened here? I, I, I mean, the only thing that I that I've seen that really kind of explains anything is that they there was just well, what was it? The the quote was Vrabel was hard to work with or something like that. Uh, so what is Mike Vrabel? Yeah, and I'm like, have you looked at the guy? Does he look like a guy who's going to put up with any shit, even from a guy who's paying the salary? I, what, what part of him gave you the impression that if you were being a fucking idiot, that he was going to deal with it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's basically a white Mike Tomlin. Yeah, he, he's effectively the guy that ended the Patriots dynasty. Yeah. He went mean, up there to his head coach and, and, his, and his old teammate and said, nope. Yeah. Go home. Bye. <laughs> and fuck the Patriots, too. Remember, he, he exploited that running the clock rule mm-hmm. and killed like two minutes out of the game. Yeah. I, I don't... Th- th- this, this, this feels like a new owner, uh, the female owner of the Titans. I don't remember her name, and I wish I did. Um, but th- this, she just got the team. Yeah, like, a, like there was a, a. Am I correct in saying she wanted in a divorce or something like that? That, that sounds um, that sounds right. It wasn't a purchase. It yeah. was a, it was an inheritance or or something gonna, like this. I'm gonna do a Google right now. Um, Good. Amy Adams Strunk, um, American businesswoman, best known as the controlling owner of the Titans. Uh, she was the daughter of the late owner Bud Adams. Okay, she's a daughter. Okay, okay, all right. So she didn't hear the team. Yep. This feels like a, I want to leave my legacy. And um, I, I'm, this is going to be very controversial, but I will say this. Um, if you are a, a child of someone who has bought, who owns a professional team, you have no legacy. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your father or mother does. You have no legacy. Don't try to make one. It won't happen. Yeah, I, no, you won't. You didn't buy this team. You didn't do anything like that. You all you did was breed. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna go making a change like this, firing a true leader of men because you want to go in a different direction, I'm sorry, that's not a good enough reason. It's just not. Like the people who should be worried about le- who should not be worried about legacies. Are the like the people who wear out legacy are those who won't have them, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm sorry, but you don't you don't have one. Like I, I I get it, but wanting to make a change, changing for the sake of I want to put my own staple things is not a good enough reason. Yeah, I can't disagree. And now we move on to today's shock. Well, what was today's shocking news? But then it got usurped by Nick Saban. <laughs> uh, Pete Carroll, Allen is head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. 
Now, this 14 seasons, 10 playoff wins, 10 playoff appearances, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win. Should have had another, but thank God Malcolm Butler said he's going to pass. Yep. He had a 137 and 89 record in Seattle. He won five division, division titles. The franchise, as it's in its history prior, had won six. Pete Carroll is the greatest head coach in Seahawks history. So what the hell is with him being pushed out the door? I truly have no explanation. I And I've not seen a good enough explanation either. Um, this is a guy who screams, I love football. He's a, he's a guy that screams, I love being a head coach. And he, like... He, he gives off the you will have to kill me for me to not be in football. Uh, I mean, my goodness. He's, he's got the energy of a 40-year-old. It's, it, it's, it's infectious, his personality and his love for the game. Uh, and, and it just... It, it feels... You know, it, it doesn't feel like it is an insult. It's a straight insult to look at this man and go, yeah, we, we, we don't want you as head coach anymore, but you're free to be, be here with the organization. Like, I, that is almost more of an insult than just get out of town, if you ask me. This is also an instance of another owner, Jody Allen, the wife of the late Paul Allen, uh, co-founder of Microsoft. <clears throat> She was the one that made this decision. This feels like someone who wants to be a legacy. It's like, again, you don't have one. There, there, Paul Allen was Paul here. Allen was the guy. Like I get it, I truly do. But at the same time, it's like no one's going to remember Jody Allen except for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd want your name attached to firing the greatest head coach the organization's ever known. But then again, I'm not Joni Allen, so I can't say. <laughs> Let's move on. We'll go around the league for the last full week of the regular season. Last, last week of the regular season. And then we'll look at the playoff games. We will start in Baltimore where the Steelers clinched the playoff spot. Well, went a long way at the time clinched because of a game later on, uh, beat a marvelous and several defensive player-less Ravens team. Uh, the Ravens are locked up the number one seed. had no motivation to win the game except to beat the Steelers. Uh, but the Steelers came out, and it was an absolute awful conditions in Baltimore. I mean, it was bad. So how big a deal is this that the Steelers found the way to back into the playoffs? And I guess even without Lamar, like, our – does this game even is even of a consequence for the Ravens going to the playoffs? Or just like simply it happened, yeah. move on. It, yeah, it, it's simply just a matter of hey, like we rested the guys who are going to make the difference next week or two weeks from now, um, and that's that's what you're privy to when you own a number one seat or when you own a playoff spot before week eighteen. You you own the ability to rest all of the guys who are going to make the biggest plays and win you those games. Um, 
So, yeah, you go into that fully understanding that this loss is a loss, but it means nothing to you in the same in the same realm as any other one. As you've owned your spot, you can't fall any further. The end. Um, so, yeah, but in the same note, like, you could have still easily beat Pittsburgh, but, like, you don't have any real motivation to knock them out other than, hey, this is your rival. I mean, I'm sure they all still wanted to win, obviously. None of the backups go out there not wanting to win, right? Um, but the, you know, the Steelers got the win and put themselves in the position to let the cards fall and get them a playoff spot. Um, a few things had to happen. They obviously happened. Um and there we go. It, it's it's the exact the exact uh, prophecy of the random tweet of the Steelers will screw around all season and quote unquote fumble their way to the to the playoffs. So of course, in this case, it was less of a fumble in the last you know few weeks. But the tweet resonates regardless. <laughs> yeah. Can't disagree there. Let's move on. Colts in the Texans. Texans go into Indianapolis and win by four, 23 19. Uh, let's talk about how the uh, Texans were shit last year. Yeah. And here they are winning the division and hosting a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And for the Colts, they they were better than I thought they'd be. I mean, I, I'll, I'll call myself out on this one. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to sell all of my Colts stock before the year was over. Before yeah. the season started. And I'll admit when I'm wrong. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong. So is it a bigger deal that the Texans were this way? Were this good? Or is it just well, the Colts were better than most people expected? Yeah, I mean, especially with like with the Anthony Richardson injury, when they, they looked like they had things, you know, on on a track, right? And um it, again, it makes you wonder what could have been with him on the field. I And based on the, the stuff we had seen, they might be very well be the ones holding a playoff spot right now. Uh, and that's not to say the Texans wouldn't be, because you know, with all the random scenarios that would have occurred, with the Colts making one, the Texans could have also had a spot too. Uh, but either way, in, in this scenario, uh, in this case, the, the, the Colts could very well in a playoff spot um, with a lot of key pieces missing. So, oh, 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 knowing that a lot of key pieces are missing, um, that if you're a Colts fan, you should be very anxious to see what happens next year. Um, and on the Colts, uh, on the Texans, like you've got a first-year head coach, a rookie quarterback who was what, top three, top five at least, in in passing yards, he um, didn't turn the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over, which I think he he might have actually had the best TD interception ratio among active quarterbacks. Um, I think he did. And uh, you, you had a lot of damn good receivers, unfortunately. Many of yeah. them fell by the way of injury. Um, but Again, it's to to do all that 
with a with just a rookie head coach or a rookie, and a rookie uh, quarterback is impressive enough because you immediately turn to this program around from the absolute depths of the league. And, and that was it was it was very fun to see. Now, what does this have to do with the Patriots? Who's the GM of the Houston Texans, Darren? Uh, Mr. Nick Casario. Correct. You had a built-in GM in-house, and Bill could have just stepped down right then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And stepped down as head GM, there's been head coach. We could have we could have won the AFC twice. <laughs> we could have gone into Arrowhead and won. And we didn't. Browns beat the Bengals, uh, Bengals beat the Browns, rather, 31-14. Uh, Browns were wrestling a lot of starters, but I, I don't I don't care about the actual game itself. I care about this. But the Bengals winning this game, they finished nine and eight. Every team in the AFC North had a winning record. Mm-hmm. Let's give props to the AFC North. Yeah, uh, that's I think that's the first time in the Super Bowl era, right? Correct. That's ever happened. Um, crazy, impressive. Was even and now I, this is the first thing I thought of is we know how the Browns have had Joe Burrow's number. Well, Joe Burrow wasn't playing this game, so when he's not playing, they beat the Browns. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought of is Joe Burrow. He's you're paying him a lot of money. He's injured, and you can beat the Browns without him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love Joe Burrow, but facts are what they are. Yep. Vikings needed to win and get some help to to make the to make the playoffs. They did not win, so they eliminated themselves. Um, losing the Lions thirty to twenty, be a good deal for the Lions to kind of make momentum in this game. Or the Vikings were somehow in playoff contention after their horrendous start to the season. Um, yeah, it, it's the fact that they were in playoff contention is is wild. I mean, it, it started off like what? Owen, Owen, three, one, and four, something like that. It was it was not good, um, not good at all. If we are looking, yes, Owen, three, and one, and four, respectively. Ouch! That's all I can say. To that is ouch. <laughs> yep. All right, let's move on here. Uh, Jack Moore's lost to the Titans. Um, first of all, that's a big deal because, uh, well, it knocked the Jags out of playoff contention. It sealed the Steelers and Bills into the playoffs. And it's also like five of the last six or six of the last seven. Whatever it is, it's bad. The Jags always have lost. So here's my question for you, Darren. Uh, it, how, what, what's the panic meter in Jacksonville? Or what um, should it be? I'd say like, Maybe a seven out of ten. Wow, that's high. Six and a half, maybe. But and I, I say that, and it could be higher. I'd say it would be higher if Trevor Lawrence played every one of those games because he was out for a couple, you know, with injury, and he was a surprise uh, pulling uh, in, in this, you know, this last week because uh, I remember looking at my my fantasy lineup and. Seeing that, um, oh no, no, not, not, uh, sorry, it was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago he was out. And I remember looking at the fantasy lineup, seeing that he wasn't in, uh, because, uh, my dad 
had him. And I was like, hey, uh, Dad, you might want to change that. He just got pulled. And, like, like at that moment, he got pulled. Um, so, uh, I think had he played all of those games uh, 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 in that in that skid, uh, it, we'd be sitting at you know eight and a half probably because it's like you you did that and had your starting quarterback. The but the fact is you still did that because you, that means your defense didn't do enough of a job, and obviously the offense couldn't make up for it. Um, because obviously he's not the only player on the team. Um, but it, it's certainly one of the biggest blunders of a season, or way to end the season, that is, uh, at least in recent memory. I mean, a month and a half ago, they were staring down the one seed in the AFC. I'll go it's a five on, on the scale because you never want to end the season like that. But it always felt like to me, that the Jaguars were really a year away from really being truly in contention. And this feels like the kind of adversity that will end up being good for the program in, in the long run. Certainly it depends on what they do in free agency in the draft, but it feels like to me that we're looking at a team that, okay, you're not firing Doug Peterson. You might make some changes on the staff, but you're not firing the head coach. We'll build from this. Like We'll learn from it. Maybe Trevor Lawrence does something to make to – Make, help him avoid injury. Not that he could avoid avoid what he had, but maybe you do something, right? Tom Brady certainly was an expert in being able to avoid being injured, right? So mm-hmm. maybe you take a page from Brady's playbook. However, it ends up working out. You might go, okay. We we, we we've seen what we have because didn't ETN miss most of last year? It uh, all of last year. I think you're right. I can't I, quite. Remember. I think so. So you've got, okay, Lawrence and ETN, full season together, well, basically a full season, uh, save a few games. Y- you, got, you got pieces there. They felt like maybe they were a piece or two, a player or two away from really being there. So I, I, I think that this, I, it's not good, but it's certainly, I, I wouldn't go seven. I would, I would stay a comfortable five. That's fair. Saints beat the Falcons 48-17 in a game that was really memorable. We remember for two things. One, the late touchdown, and two, being the last game Arthur Smith ever coached for the Falcons. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Saints still were mathematically in it thanks to winning this game, but it didn't really matter in the end because the Packers won. Uh, Did this game really have anything else of consequence? It was just one of those classic week 18, it happened, so what? Move on. Yeah, pretty much. And and the funny, the only... The only thing about that game that obviously was really important to anybody was that was was Smith's you know tirade um, over that last touchdown. And the funny thing is about that. To the funniest thing is the entire offense overrode that call to to do a kneel just so they could get uh, Williams uh, his own his only touchdown on the season. Um, and I just found that one. Uh, hey, that's how you look out for a teammate, right? But also, yeah. I just found that extremely hilarious that that they that they would do so, that. And you know, in, but in the in the end, though, I respond to to Smith by saying, if you don't want them scoring forty eight points on you, uh, do a better job at stopping them. I 
I agree with you. I, I really do. It's it's true. It's true. It's also funny to me now. Like you look at him going on that tirade, and it's like, you wonder if he kind of knew he was a dead man walking. Uh, almost. He and almost it's like, had that feeling, like, right? like, well, I'm gonna go out. May as well go out kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but should, okay, should 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 the Saints' offense be punished for overriding the head coach and doing that, or is it simply, as you said, way to look after a teammate? I, I think, you know, it, it, to me, it, it screams, yeah, you defied my orders. Uh, it, but, I mean, in the most, honestly, the most minimum way possible, to be honest. Um, I mean, it, yeah, it kind of made the head coach look a little bad. Like, it, it, it kind of made, made it look like he was padding the stats and whatever. But, I mean, when you're already up 24 points, I mean, how much more stat padding could you really do? It is it's so, eh? But honestly, if it were me, I would be like, "You y'all are funny." Uh, five laps. No, sorry, you know, I mean, there's yeah. not have any more practice. But that is really like, if anyone's back in training camp, your ass is on the track. Yeah, I mean, if that, if this was a rotating like a running theme, then we'd start to question things. But then it's it would probably start getting into. Uh, that's a head coach problem because you clearly can't control your team. But I think given the context of this, of this incident, uh, I, I really think it was just, it's just a laugh it off, be done. Hey, go, go run five laps. Ha ha. You guys are funny. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that's yeah. Speaking of the NFC South, the Bucks beat the Panthers nine, nothing to win the NFC South and clinch a playoff spot. So, is if you could do it, the Bucks won and clinched the, the division, the home playoff game, or they only beat the Panthers nine nothing. It was very weird that they only won nine nothing. Like this is a number. I, this is a squad I would have expected had they put in all their backups, right? Right. <laughs> and but and they're like, didn't. all right, we're already we're already here. Um, the end. But yeah, they they didn't have it clinched yet. Uh, it's a very uh, slightly worrying. <laughs> Packers beat the Bears seventeen nine in the in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Even though it, I'm not sure it was cold, but it wasn't wasn't what it has been here recently. Uh, so I mean, the Packers clinch a playoff spot. Uh, the, I don't think anyone would have expected that at the beginning of the year. So. How big a hats off are we giving to Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love and company? For uh, yeah. By the way, the youngest team ever to make the playoffs in 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 the NFL history by average age. Wow. Um, I mean, hey, yeah, it, it's it's something you won't at the beginning of the season. I wasn't entirely sure it was going to happen, um, and it it did. And Jordan Love played overall quite well and uh again it it showed that this team can can do has they stand to be able to do more and like i can't sit here and say they're going to go very far in the playoffs in fact i don't really think they're going to go any further than the uh, first round but the fact that you made it there one year removed uh one from Aaron Rodgers, uh, with a guy who you thought might have the ability 
to do it, but wasn't quite sure just yet, uh, and then go out and do it. Hey, that, that that's about as good as you you can ask for. Yeah. Raiders beat the Broncos twenty-seven to fourteen in a game they meant absolutely freaking nothing. But it does mean, at least it should mean that Antonio Pierce gets the head coach job, right? Like it should. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the the attitude in that locker room changed the minute McDaniel's was gone, and nothing has screamed to me that Pierce shouldn't have this job and be given an opportunity to lead it uh, for years to come. Agreed. Giants beat the Eagles twenty-seven to ten. What the hell is wrong with the Eagles? It's they apparently just need to learn more. Paul Jalen hopes. Hey, it was a learning experience, guys. It's week eighteen. How much do you not know about <laughs> this team at this point? If you are still sitting here as a once ten and one team, still trying to find your damn identity, maybe it can't be found. Are you sure we put all the all, all the milk cartons in Philadelphia? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the most the the most this is the most laughable collapse I have seen because I I expected it to happen. You we we sat here when they were ten and one, going this is not a good team. They are ten and one, and they probably shouldn't be. Like, what's their best win? Kansas City. That's not what it used to be. No, that mean, in the grand scheme of this season, that means damn near nothing. <laughs> it's like being the Patriots. Oh, wait, they did. And we found out how bad the Patriots were after that. Yeah. And the thing was, you still should have lost to the Chiefs. Yeah. Had true, lost to the Patriots. Had it not been for the historically Butterfingers team that, that the Kansas City Chiefs have been. They should have lost in week one. Mm-hmm. We should have beaten them. Yes, I, I yes, yeah, hundred percent. Not a good team. It's not a good team. Not a good team. Seahawks beat the Cardinals in what ended up being Pete Carroll's last game as the head football coach there. So, um, yeah, again, it doesn't mean anything because the Packers won. But again, like the Seahawks are a team that they still expect to win. Like if you're the head coach coming in, you're not rebuilding. You're expected to win now. Mm-hmm. For the Cardinals, well, they still suck. Yep. <laughs> Chiefs beat the Chargers 13-12 on a last-second field goal, but again, they were resting Mahomes and Kelsey and all that, so I'm not sure how much I really buy into that. Like, I, I, I Obviously, it's a win you take, but they were locked into the three seed. They weren't going to change. That wasn't going to change. So this, it is what it is, right? Yeah. How about the Rams? Beating the 49ers in the game, they meant absolutely nothing for San Francisco. <laughs> Literally nothing. <laughs> but they got to the sixth seed with, get this, Carson Wentz as the quarterback. The game was Carson Wentz and Sam Donald. Sam Donald lost. Uh, how about the Rams, though? Like, left for dead, three and six. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they go seven and one down the stretch. Then it's ten and seven. I wouldn't want to play the Rams this week. No, so. 
I, I would not. I mean, they've got they've got all the weapons. Uh, uh, those that offense is is on fire. Um, you've got ridiculous uh, rookie in Puka Nakula. Um, they, yeah, that's the moment. That, like that's absolutely momentum you need. Again, for the 49ers, means not a damn thing. They 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 had their they get their week off. They they salvage their uh, or they they maintain the health of their starters, um, and they're gonna just come out and obliterate somebody in two weeks. So yeah, <laughs> Cowboys beat the Commanders thirty eight ten to win the NFC East. Uh, we knew they were gonna beat the Commanders. Like the Commanders were four and thirteen, one and seven home. That's a bad team, but the Cowboys won the NFC East. And I have to ask this question, even though I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record. Does this mean anything? Other than the fact that the NFC East hasn't had a repeat champion in, what, 20 years? Uh, no, not a damn thing. Because, again, it, it only serves to prove the point that the Cowboys beat bad teams. We, we knew it was going to happen, and that's, that's pretty much the only, the only thing to be said. I'll add this, though, and it's been talked about a lot how good the Cowboys are at home. Because they won the division, they're going to get a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. So we might see them. And if you if the, if the winning streak is to continue at home, and there's no reason based on the math to suggest that it won't, then the Cowboys will win a playoff game. And who knows after that, right? Yeah. Who knows? They're going to be playing the Packers, and that's not a game I, I wouldn't want to play Green Bay. But it's a game that's winnable, and it's beats going on the road. Because remember, before the Eagles collapsed, they were the odds-on favorite to win the division. And we were looking at the Cowboys going on the road, and we are like, they're not a road team. They're going to get killed. And now all of a sudden, they get a home playoff game? Mm-hmm. That might be important. True. Bills and Dolphins down there in Miami. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I thought the Bills were going to win the game, but there was a part of me that went, I think the Dolphins, like, this game went back and forth, and it was a really fun game to watch. Um, the Bills win the division. They are the two seed in the NFC, in the AFC. I say the NFC for whatever reason, the AFC. How big a deal is that uh, in, in the grand scheme of things that it ends up putting the Dolphins where they are uh, in the sixth seed in the AFC and, and Buffalo at number two? Um. It, I mean, yeah, it's massive. I fully would not have expected the Bills to be in that position at all. Uh, like, really, like, not at all. Um, so, so to uh, so to take, so to come in, take the East right out of the hands of the Dolphins and take the two seed right away from the hands of the Dolphins. And send the Dolphins to a freezing cold Kansas City. Yeah, which, according to the things I keep seeing, might be one of the coldest games in NFL history. That's making me want to buy Peacock just to watch that game. (laughs) I don't want to, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? It might be worth it. Yeah. I can spare six bucks. I I might just do like the one month and cancel. Oh, well. Yeah, that's a big deal, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, we'll, we'll really see what this Dolphins team is made of now. Mm-hmm. Let's go to those playoff games where we'll start in Houston. The Southern National Championship game has a playoff game this week. The Browns come to town uh, to face off against the division-winning Texans. Uh, I think this is going to be a damn good game. Not that you wouldn't expect the playoff game to be a damn good game. That's kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. But still, this might, this is one of the more even games, I think, the whole week. I don't know who I would expect to win the game. I really don't. Honestly, neither do I. It, 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 it should be a good matchup, for sure. Who, who do you give the advantage to? Um, you know, I, I, want, I want to say just the sheer... Um, uh, dang, what is it? The sheer high that Houston must be riding to have a playoff game um, I, I feel like that is is the factor, honestly. I'll, I'll give I'll, I'll give the edge to the Browns, even though I want the Texans to win, because defense travels, and they can play defense. That's the only reason I would pick the Browns. I think the Texans have a shot. This will be a field goal game, but if I had to guess, I would I would say that that's. The, the, the Browns in a very close one. That and you just don't know how a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach are going to do in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's we, 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 we have a pretty good idea of how Kevin Stefanski does in the playoffs, I remember. Although I guess, thankfully, he missed that game with the Browns against the Steelers with COVID. But still, they've led this organization into the playoffs more recently. They, they, they've got super cool under pressure, doesn't blink Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Like that, that has to stand for something. Yeah. Dolphins and Chiefs in the aforementioned freezing cold game in Kansas City. Uh, everyone's got a plan, and it's not just going to affect the Dolphins. But the Dolphins uh, with Tua, they've never won in a game 45 degrees and under. This is going to be, as of right now, negative one uh, on that field in Kansas City. So, here's a question. How screwed are the Dolphins? Um, More I, importantly, I, how screwed is, every, is, is everyone in the crowd who comes home with frostbite? Uh, you got to be very dedicated for that. So, yeah. um, oh boy. <laughs> um, How much you want to bet that in the first like five minutes is going to be a shot with people who are like have their chest exposed? <laughs> yeah, I will. I would not be surprised. I would bet on it, in fact. Yeah. Okay, to the game now. Um, yeah, it's it'll be a very It'll be very interesting. Um, like in, in like team to team, Miami should beat Kansas City. Uh, but now you you've got the demoralizing uh, loss that takes you out of out of a home playoff game, sends you to Kansas City, and you just gotta wonder, you know, how they respond. I feel like McDaniel. Would have every like I think he'll have him in the right mindset. I feel like he's the guy that'll just be like, guys, you can't like now. I, I actually I can't even say I feel like because I I literally watched him give the speech and he said word for word, greatness is made out of how you respond to these difficult moments. Let's let's respond. 
So I want to say he's going to have them in the right mindset for this game. Um, but really, <laughs> the temperature, holy shit. Uh, <laughs> that's Has he shown up in the We Wish It Was Colder t- uh, hoodie yet? Uh, I don't know. If he has, that's going to look really stupid if they lose that game. <laughs> and I already did in Buffalo last year, but not now. <sighs> Steelers and Bills. Uh, Steelers are without TJ Watt in this game. And remember, they only have one win in the 10 games they played without him. Uh, given how the Bills are on are one of the highest teams in the league, uh, that the Steelers may have messed around and got in the playoffs, but they ain't messing around and winning a playoff game. I'm taking the Bills in this one. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I I don't I don't want the Bills to win. I just you go, I just don't want them to win. But yeah, they not having TJ Watt is a much bigger deal than than one would think. Yeah, it changes the way everything goes. It just it's it's a complete change of of of, of game plan. Mm-hmm. Packers and Cowboys. Uh, this is another. The, the Cowboys are favored by seven and a half. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm not. For, this is a field goal game to me. Like the Packers are hot. They're playing fairly well. Uh, the Cowboys are as well. And like I said, I think the Cowboys have the edge because they're at home. But mm-hmm. this is not a touchdown game. This is a. This is a field goal game for me. And I'm interested to see if you agree or disagree. Um. No, I, I agree. Um, and I think it still comes down to the fact that, you know, Dallas doesn't really have many wins against winning teams. Uh, and if the, the, the Packers are, again, they're, they're all riding the high, but it, it just screams, you know, this is where the Cowboys, you know, oh, this is where the Cowboys historically fall. And if they don't fall now, they'll probably – if they happen to make the title game, they're going to fall to the Niners. Like, two, they've already dropped two years in a row to the Niners in the playoffs, and that's hilarious. How about this for the first playoff game it ever held at Ford Field? The Chosen Son is back. Only this time, he's playing for the visiting team. Matthew Stafford will lead the Rams into Detroit to face off against Jared Goff and the Lions in the first home playoff game for the Lions in 30 years. You couldn't have asked for a better situation, could you? No. Like, if, if, if the NFL is scripted, damn, they will scripted. <laughs> yeah. I don't – now they're – be fair. We're not implying it is. But, no. If it was, they wrote a good one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who has the edge? Um, oh, boy. Uh, man, I just, if for nothing else, I just want to see Detroit win one. That's, it just screams right. I agree, and here's why I give the Lions a slight edge. Not just the fact people have that crowd into it from the very beginning. It's that I think the Lions can run the ball better than the Rams. And I think if that ends up being the deciding factor, I give the edge to Detroit. I don't know that it's a major. It might be like, oh, if you're a sliding scale of like 50 is down the middle, I think I'm like 55, 45 Lions in the running game. 
But when everything else is 50-50 down the middle, and you got 155-45, that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I think that's what it does. I, I, I just that that's that's the thing to me that could stand out and win this game. Last one, Eagles and the Bucks. Talk about the back into this thing, Bolt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, who 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 has the unfortunate honor of playing next week? Uh, give me the Buccaneers. <laughs> the 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 Philadelphia Eagles are one and done. They they have shown me absolutely nothing over the last two months that proves to me or anyone else why they even deserve to be in the playoffs. Um, they they have no direction. They literally have no idea what they're doing. They apparently. Uh, don't get me wrong, you always have things to loan, always, but you can only respond. This was a loaning experience so many times in a season, and it actually mean a damn thing. That usually stops in like October. Yeah, it's like you've, you've loaned what this team is. They're frauds. I'm going, I'm going to be that talking head pundit for a minute and say it. They are absolute frauds this season and they deserve to be treated like them and I hope Tampa Bay, this is the only time I will hope that Baker Mayfield does anything useful, obliterates the Eagles. I absolutely hope they obliterate them. But I truly actually do think they are the better team in this matchup. Because they know they know that they know who they are. They know their direction. They they may be you know, nine and eight, but at least they aren't lying to us and telling us, you know, they, they don't know who they are. They might be unremarkable, but at least they're honest. Yes. <laughs> oh, if only honesty meant anything now. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I, I am. I will never root for Baker Mayfield again unless he gets traded to the Patriots, and even then I will be the I will be, I'll be the definition of the meme where it's like, I am angry behind the smiley face. Yeah. That will be me. <laughs> it will basically be me, uh, how, how we were when Cam Newton came. We're like, I don't necessarily like it, but hey, you're a patriot. Let's just see how it goes. Yeah, let's, let's win. Let's <laughs> win. This is not an invitation for the Patriots to trade for Baker Mayfield. Agreed. This is this, not... This is not a legally binding contract. No. Uh... uh any and all statements made <laughs> cannot be held against us. <laughs> <sighs> Bottom line is the playoffs are here and we're excited for it at the end. Okay, yep. let's move on to what we learned this week. Your turn to go first because I don't have anything I learned this week, actually. I've been, <laughs> I have been like the Eagles and saying I keep learning things but I had not learned a game. Oh, man, I Trying to think of I so I don't recall seeing anything particularly crazy in the um, in the science realm. Um, I'm trying to think of what else popped into my um, popped up. Uh, honestly, yeah, I I. I, I couldn't really think of anything notable. 
I tried to just see if there was anything particularly interesting, but nothing nothing really came across that was like really groundbreaking this oh. week. Um, mm. Other than how, uh, like we've already talked about, but how the propensity for new owners to fire everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, uh, the the Bears fired everybody but their head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there's that. Uh, there's a <laughs> why that. I, what we will learn next week is why. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I actually thought of something I learned this week. Uh, I actually learned today. Uh, Dan Aquin has a show on the History Channel. It's called The Unbelievable. Um, basically, it's weird, wild, and wacky things that happen out there, and it's grouped in like a certain like theme. And this past Friday, they aired an episode called Superhumans or something like that, Superhuman Traits, something, something to the effect of that. And uh, there was this park ranger in Shenandoah uh, National Park up in, uh, up in Virginia. Bro got struck seven times with lightning and lived. My goodness. It got so bad that he actually carried a, a can of water with him at all times so he could put his hair out if he got struck. <laughs> True story. Oh, man. And, like, imagine how, like, it's one thing to get struck by lightning once and live. And, and at one time, like, the second most time struck by lightning is four. He's mm-hmm. nearly twice as, as many as that. And he's lived through all of them. And, and this, I can't even begin to imagine, like, your preparedness is I have to have water so I can pour it on myself to put my to put the fire out that's burning my hair off. <laughs> like, that's just so wild to think about. Yeah. Wild. And kudos to this dude for still going outside. <laughs> like, he kept at it, and he... he the seventh time happened when he was just fishing after he retired, and it's like, if that was me, I'm not living my house any leaving my house anymore. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but no. Especially if there's lightning in the area. Wild. Yeah. Absolutely. I wish I could remember the gentleman's name, but just it, it's inter- an interesting show if you ever get a chance to watch it. It really is. Uh I have I wasn't sure how I would like it because I'm like, oh, this seems interesting. And then I watched it and I'm like, yeah, I'm hooked. This is my show. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes. Um, it's, it's formatted really well. He does, Aqua does a good job of, uh, of um, delivering and narrating. So it, it's, it's a good show. Mm-hmm. But that's what I learned this week. I actually learned that this morning. I, I, I had recorded, as I was out of the house, I had a basketball game last Friday. I, I didn't have a chance to watch Um Never a chance to watch the show until now, but I got around to it and I was like, I enjoyed myself. This is fun. <laughs> All right. So that is season four, episode 24 of the scientific coaching podcast. We shall return next week. We will discuss, I guess, if there's any more groundbreaking news in college football, like if Jim Harbaugh leaves or whoever goes to Alabama or whatever ends up being, uh, we might have clarification on Bill Belichick. We also might still be in limbo at this point. Although I would think if there has not been an announcement made by next by this time next week, I'd say he's probably safe. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but who knows? 
and then we'll look at the wild card week and look at the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. So until then, for for Darren, I'm Lucas. Thank you so much for listening to season five of the for the Scientific Coaching Podcast. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody.